Welcome to CityCast. I'm Katie Quinn, the Communications Manager for the City of Rock Hill. Thank you for sharing your time with us today. CityCast is brought to you by the City of Rock Hill, South Carolina, where we discuss all things Rock Hill with our City Cast. And speaking of cast, today we have some new cast with us. Evan Getz has joined our Communications and Marketing Division. So thank you, Evan, for joining us today. Tell us a little bit about how long have you been at the city? Well, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here and to participate with you guys. I've been with the city for about two and a half years now. So it's been a wild ride. Half of that's been during the time of COVID and we're all learning new things and how to do our jobs differently, but it's it's been a blast so far. And Evan came from the Economic and Urban Development Department where he was primarily responsible for promoting Old Town and Christmasville and Evan is um, extremely creative and detail-oriented at the same time, so I know he's going to be a fantastic asset to the overall City of Rock Hill Communications and Marketing Division. Well, you can't see it, but my face is blushing right now. <laughs> <laughs> and so today on our podcast, we're going to learn about government finance, and there's no better person to tell us how the city pays for all the things we have going on than Anne Hardy the city's chief financial officer. And we are so glad you're with us today. Something that we like to do on CityCast is learn something about you that people may not know. For example, you can tell us a hobby, a hidden talent, a fun story. Just tell us who you are. Okay, I think one thing that's relevant to the city and what brought me to the city of Rock Hill is my father and my grandfather and my great-grandfather were all city council members. So that's kind of interesting that I've ended up as the chief financial officer for the city. And um, I feel like kind of through my heritage that I'm continuing on work that they have had started years and years ago, back in the 1800s. You have a deep history then with this with this place. And that's awesome that you're creating that and propelling that history with your family. Yes. And, And one of the interchanges along 77 has your, is it dad's name on it? Yes. Coleman Pogue was my father. Um, he passed away in 2004, but in this room we're sitting in now was the council chambers, and he was on the city council back in the 1960s and 70s, and then went on to become a uh, House of Representative member and state house, state senator, so in the um, Senate seat that West Clymer is now. So um, I really grew up around uh, government my entire life, and um, so that's an, something interesting about myself. I have um, two children and three stepchildren. They're all grown now. So I'm in the empty nest phase of life where my parents have passed away and my children are um, out of college. So it's, a, it's a, a good place to be. Do you have a hidden talent? Hmm, hidden talent. <laughs> no, I don't think I do. <laughs> and make spreadsheets for fun. I do. I do make spreadsheets for fun. That's definitely a talent. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Math, the only subject that counts, right? (laughs) Well, (laughs) you can pass. (laughs) So tell us more about your role with the city. What does your day-to-day look like? Well, I stay very, very busy. Um, I had a past city manager that once said that um, you have to do a few things right to make a city special. And one of those is making sure the finances are in good order. Because if the finances are not in good order, then you really can't become a special city. You're just trying to to do the basics. And I really do feel that Rock Hill is um, beyond the basics. 
and we're a really special city. So um, I, I consider it my responsibility to make sure that all of the finances are running smoothly. Um, I work on a lot of different things, and we have a bunch of different divisions within the finance department as well. So we can talk about some of those if you want to. But the basics are customer service, where people um, come in to set up their utilities and collections, where people pay for their utilities. And then those are, of course, a lot of transactions. And then the other two big divisions are accounting and budget. That's really nice. Do you... A typical day, does it change from day to day or is it essentially this is what I'm going to do at this time and then consistently throughout the day or is it all over the place sometimes? Well, as you can imagine, I I like for things to be very structured, but Mm -hmm. um, in my role as CFO, they're not really that structured. Um, I'll sometimes come in thinking, oh, I'm going to get this, this, this and this done today. And the day does not turn out like that at all. And 2020 has been no exception to that. Um, of course, we've had a lot of uh, personnel and staffing issues this this day, and there have been some times during COVID that, you know, because of different family situations, school canceling, um, I've spent a lot of time just managing staff levels, you know, making sure people are doing the jobs that need to be done to serve the citizens the best that we can. Um, so that's been somewhat of a struggle during COVID um, and has taken up more time than normal um, when you have to shift people around to make sure the phones are answered and those kinds of things. So, but on a typical day, I spend a lot of time in meetings. I do a lot of um, contract work with attorneys and um, making sure that all of our contracts protect the city's finances. So, um, and some examples would be University Center and the Panthers um, development. Uh, those development agreements. So my piece of the that work is reviewing the financial piece to make sure that everything in Rock Hill is taken care of. So you obviously work with outside organizations, not just within the city. So tell us how governmental accounting is, is different than corporate accounting. Well, if you think about it, um, and if you do, you know, we have the minutes in Um, my office, actually, that go back to the beginning of time for Rock Hill. And in the beginning, um, people came together as a group to accomplish things for the betterment of all. So garbage, garbage became a problem, you know, when Rock Hill first started. And people, some people wouldn't take care of their garbage in a sanitary way. So some people organized and went in together and bought a horse and cart and started contributing to pay a gentleman to go around and pick up everybody's garbage and dispose of it um, so that, you know, the city stayed well and there weren't disease spread. Same thing with the initial paved roads. A lot of people came in and decided the dust was not good for their health and went in together to pave roads and each pay their piece. So that's kind of what we do as a government. There's certain things that we call the general fund that take care of the societal needs. Um, Those are primarily health and safety, like fire and police. And then um, governments don't usually, well, we don't have a profit motive. We want to provide the best services that we can for the least cost. Um, And then as we talked about a little bit, get into some special things like parks, things that are good for our community, things that increase the education of the people in our community. 
So um, that's another different is difference is we don't strive to make a profit and pay out big bonuses at the end of the year like corporations do. Um, we um, we budget to break even. And then we have a legal authorization that sets up our council, that um, elected body that we um, have that we work for. Um, that's different than public um, businesses. And then we pretty much operate on a budget basis, kind of like you and I do with our cash. Um, so we operate on having enough money to pay for the expenses we need that year. Um, so it's more of a cash basis, making sure there's enough cash in the bank to pay the expenses that we have to pay on a given year. So we have a balanced budget every year. And then one big thing I like to remind people about is the accountability. Like all of our records are public, so anybody can look at them at any time. And we make them very public and available on our website and in the library and public meetings that we advertise ahead of time so people can participate. But you don't see that in the private businesses or corporations where all of their accounting records are open for public inspection. But ours are, so we're very accountable. And Ian, we, we talk a little bit about, you know, property tax and everybody who lives anywhere mostly, but in Rock Hill, we pay property taxes. What is the, the biggest thing that our property taxes cover when we are paying those? Property taxes are, um, you know, based, of course, on the property owned, whether it be a car or a house or a piece of land or business. Um, the property taxes support what I, what we refer to as the general fund, and that's basically the safety and security of um, our city. So police department, fire department, the, the types of things that we can't um, charge the user for. So say, Katie, you had a fire at your house. Um, we have a, people on staff that respond to that fire, and we use the trucks, and, you know, we're not going to send you an a bill for $50,000 or whatever it costs to send to the fire department to your house. That's a shared cost of everybody in the community so that we have that service there. Same for the police department. It's not charged on a user basis. It's just a general expense that's shared by everybody in the community to make sure that we're safe and healthy. Same thing for sidewalks. Sidewalks is a good example. You can't charge for the use of sidewalks by the people that walk on the sidewalks, but they make our community better. Um, they make it um, more appealing for people to live here. They keep things looking nice, which adds, it's kind of a cyclical um, situation where people take pride in their community. They, um, you know, it reduces crime when people are proud of the place they live, um, keeps it cleaner. People don't dispose of trash in the street. So, um, you know, all the pieces impact the other pieces. You talked a little bit about funds. Can you tell me more about the different kinds of funds the city has? Sure. They have, we have different funds. And what that means is I like to describe it to people as if, if you, Evan, had a um, rental house you would probably have a different checkbook to keep up with the expenses related to your rental house than you than you used for your general expenses for yourself in your the house you live in. So funds are kind of like that. It's um, we keep track of different money that's to be used for different reasons. Um, some of those are legal restrictions 
but um, we keep them in different funds. So if we have a hospitality tax come in, that is legally restricted for use for tourism, and we track that in a separate fund. So that would be like a separate bank account. How, how does the city collect hospitality tax? Well, anytime anyone in the city limit goes to a place and purchases a prepared food or beverage. Now, that's something that a restaurant is cooking for you. It's um, prepared on the site. It's not prepackaged items, for example, from a vending machine. It's, it's items that are served on a plate or served um, to a person. But prepared food and beverage, there's an extra 2% tax, which is allowed by state law. And our city council authorized that tax in Rock Hill years ago. And that's what we use to support all of our parks and recreation items. And um, we talked about cyclical a minute ago. It kind of um, does the same thing with our parks and rec. The more taxes that are paid and collected, the more we're able to do with sports tourism. And that brings people into our community that don't live here, that don't need the things that we discussed, like police and fire and sidewalks, um, so they don't need those things, but they contribute greatly to, to our benefit for the people that do live here um, because they're in here. They, they go to our stores. They create jobs because they eat at our restaurants. And um, then they're gone. And those are not people that we're educating or serving on a day-to-day basis. So, And so when we build facilities like the BMX track and the Sports and Events Center, Using hospitality tax, the idea is that people come from other places and use those things for tournaments and things and then or hopefully eating in restaurants or getting takeout now with COVID and that kind of stuff and helping to support additional money going into that. That's right. All of those facilities, all of the parks and rec facilities that we have um, are supported by hospitality tax. So all of those um the indoor, the Rock Hill Sports and Events Center, the BMX track, the Velodrome, Cherry Park, um, Manchester Meadows, all of those are paid for with this 2% tax that comes in. And um, the nice thing about that, though, Katie, is all of those have um, amenities for the people that live here. So they're not just for people that are coming in from out of town. They're there are walking trails there. There um, are sports programs during the week for youth. So our citizens get a huge benefit from um, having these recreational facilities that are unique to Rock Hill. I mean, I don't know anybody that does sports tourism like Rock Hill does, but, but um, our citizens here get to enjoy those while paying for those with money that's generated from people that are just visiting. It sounds like it really is important that we have that in place, and without it, our city would not be what it is today. So uh, it's amazing that we continue that and that we uh, use those funds in a beautiful way for the citizens and for for tourists city. Let's transition a little bit uh, to something different that both uh, tourists can use and um, citizens who live here as well. Let's talk about the bus system, yes. our brand new bus system. Uh, buses in Rock Hill are free and for those who can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes <laughs> around free, um, but obviously nothing is free. So who is paying for our transit system? That's a really good question, Evan, and one that I hear a lot. People say, We're, that's not free. Nothing is free. 
Well, it's free to the rider. And so we talked about that a lot when we started our transit fund. And the transit fund, Katie can tell you more about this, but it came about from a citizen survey. So if anybody listening has an opportunity to participate in any of our surveys, please do so we know what your interests are. But public transit was a need in Rock Hill, and so we started seeking grants, and we were able to qualify for some federal money that um, helped us with the purchase of the buses, and it's an all-electric system, so they're very, very efficient, and they um, do not contribute to bad air quality. They um, get people around without any exhaust, so those are, we have a very unique system that's very special, but it costs about $1.7 million a year to run the bus system, and about a million of that is from federal grants. So, um, the other money comes from partners. You'll see some advertising on the buses. So Winthrop and Piedmont Medical Center and Family Trust help contribute to the cost of the buses. And then there is a little piece of money from the general fund that um, is the match that's required on the federal grant. So it's not that we want to put money in, but we do have to leverage that federal money. So we do have a, like a 15% match, and that's about $370,000 a year that comes from our general fund to fund the transit system, but it is free to the rider and um, a really great addition to Rock Hill. So it truly is a collaboration to make this thing work. You oh, talked definitely. about the partnerships with other organizations in the city, and, and it's nice that they are invested in creating something like that for the residents. Was it an easy partnership with with those organizations to for them to hop on <laughs> this idea? <laughs> That was great. <laughs> Hop on. Um, you know, Rock Hill to me is special. And Rock Hill has really good community collaboration and does a great job of working together to accomplish great things. And that's what it takes, a little bit from everybody. And if you go back and look in history, things like Winthrop are a good example. You know, when Winthrop first came to Rock Hill, people contributed bricks and labor and things to land and things to make Winthrop a, a college. It wasn't just uh, the state that plopped in. So so a lot of things in Rock Hill do take collaboration, and we're very fortunate to have a very good community where people are involved in care because we can do things like this bus system Absolutely. when we work together. All right, let's take a break for just a moment. Do you like what you hear so far on CityCast? If so, subscribe now and be sure you don't miss a show. You'll find CityCast on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. You can visit cityofrockhill.com slash citycast to listen to every single episode right on our website. And don't forget, you can also sign up to get news and information sent directly to your inbox when you sign up for the eBulletin system. Just go to the bottom right-hand corner of our homepage at cityofrockhill.com and click the green box to stay connected. Now back to our podcast. So, Anne... Uh, tell us a little more about the utility fund, electric, water, the things that people in the community are really engrossed in and, and deal with the city the most. Yes. So we're a little unique in Rock Hill in that we have an electric system. You'll see a lot of cities across the state that have water and some have sewer, but very few have all three services, electric, water, and sewer. And so those are a big part of our budget here in Rock Hill. And that helps us, too. Um, I think sometimes when you do have extra people to coordinate with, 
Um, it makes things a little harder to accomplish. So in Rock Hill, um, that sometimes makes it easier to work with other people. But take, for example, our electric fund. Just the electric fund is $112 million of our $266 million budget. So it's a very big piece. And most of that budget is purchased electricity. So we purchase our electricity and then provide it to the people in Rock Hill. Do these funds communicate with each other on, on paper? For example, is the utility fund ever transferred to general fund or how do they, how do they speak to each other? Yes, so we do a mathematical calculation every year on if we were something like a private utility like um, Duke Power. So we compute what property taxes we would pay on our assets, and we pay those property taxes to the general fund. So we sort of treat ourselves as a um, private utility company and pay those expenses into our general fund that help go towards um, police and fire and safety. So we do, we do have a method to the madness, so to speak. So when people talk about the transfer, it's a mathematical calculation of what we feel a different fund is due from, from the utility system. And in, in the past, you guys really recently, I, I would say within the last, what, five or six years, really nailed down that, that equation and that process to be sure that when you're doing your credit ratings and that kind of thing, that it's a standard that's used nationally, really. Is that right? That's true. The credit rating agencies really like that we have, have a method to um, what we refer to as our transfer. Um, they like to see the calculation, and they especially like to see that we stick to the calculation. So we have a plan. We have one that makes sense. And um, because if Duke Power provided electricity to everybody in Rock Hill, they would pay property taxes on their assets and they would pay a franchise fee for the, you know, having the utility lines in the ground. So um, those are things that we calculate and we pay from the utility fund to the general fund. And they would also, I imagine, have an accounting staff and a communication staff and a human resources staff. And so those things are part of what gets transferred to cover those costs? Right. And and as you said, the credit rating agencies are come in and look at our accounting system. And that's one thing that weighs for us favorably when we get a, a rating by the credit agency. And I'm talking about Moody's um, Investor Services and Standard & Poor's, the big companies that rate everybody in the United States and overseas. So what does that mean for us, this credit rating? What happens when we get a great score? Well, every time we go out to borrow debt, we have our credit rating evaluated. Um, it's similar to, you see a lot of commercials on TV about, is your credit score 680 <laughs> or, you know, what 680 means versus 700 and how that helps you borrow money. Um, so the better your credit score, the lower your interest rate. So it's the same thing for businesses, except that it's, it's on a um, AAA to triple F scale, with AAA being the best and triple F being um, <laughs> not a very good investment. So it would, uh, so our credit ratings are AA minus for the general fund and then A for utilities. So our credit ratings are very strong. Um, so when we go out to borrow money, we get a very good interest rate. 
So we've gotten some um, good interest rates recently on different borrowings that we've done. And um, keeping the credit rating high is a good thing. Um, debt uh, is sometimes talk, talked about as a negative thing. But think about it as you as a Rock Hill citizen. If you lived here this year, let's say next year, 2021, because we don't want to talk about 2020 anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but next year, say we were going to build a brand, I'm making this up, but build a brand new city hall. Would you as a citizen want to pay for all of that city hall building in that year? Or would you like to borrow money over the life of the building? and pay for it over time so that if you move away in 2022, you haven't paid for a big facility that you're no longer here to enjoy or use. So um, we try to spread our debt over the term of the people that are using that the building in this case or whatever it is that we're doing. And so it's the same thing with me buying a car or buying a house. I don't have the money to spend, you know, $150,000 on a house up front. So I'm going to spread those payments out over the course of time. And if I get a good interest rate, I'm going to pay less over the life of that because I am not paying as much interest. That's right. And then if we have something like a big industry come in here, a new revenue source, we might refinance or if interest rates drop, we might refinance. So we monitor all of that. But I'm glad you brought up the mortgage example because I do want to, um, you know, it sounds like a big number when people talk about how much debt the city has. Um, and it's really not when you compare it to what the city owns. So if you compared, our debt is about 45% of our assets, and that's a depreciated value of our assets. So um, overall, and some of that debt is not even repaid by um, the people of Rock Hill. It may be hospitality tax back debt or whatever. But um, our debt is about 45%. So if you talk about a $100,000 house, that would be like owing $45,000 on your, on your mortgage in a house that's worth $100,000, just to kind of give you an idea of what. So it really is debt. all about context. Yes. So it might look like a big number, but when you look at the percentages and kind of equate it to personal finances, it, it makes a whole lot more sense. It does make sense. And, it, and the city's in good financial condition uh, when you look at those percentages and ratios and context, like you said. And if we weren't, I imagine our credit scores wouldn't remain high. Exactly. And that's the, that's the beauty of having somebody come in from a, a national organization that's well-respected, that's independent, and uh, evaluate the city every year. Well, congratulations to you for that rating and to your staff. I'm sure that uh, they all work together in making sure those those things happen and those positive reviews and scores come out. Talk about your staff. How many staff do you manage? Oh, let's see. I have 38 people in the finance department. So that most of those are in customer service. So that involves the people that answer the phone, that take the calls that come into the city um, and take care of people that are moving in, moving out, moving from one location to another location, maybe calling in a pothole or have a question about their garbage not being picked up. So all of those calls. Um, then we have cashiers and, that work in the collections area. We have a whole division that helps people that are having financial hardships with paying their utility bills that work to help them um, get agency assistance. 
And um, then upstairs, uh, that section downstairs in City Hall is managed by Patricia Moore, and she does a phenomenal job. Patricia's been here uh, more than 15 years, I think about 18 years now. And she started here at the city, started her career here as a cashier and just worked her way up because she's an amazing worker. Um, but she does a great job by, in, with customer service. And then there are two other divisions, accounting, which takes care of all paying all the bills and um, all of the bank deposits, the investments, the bank accounts. We have about 85 different bank accounts that we track all of these different types of money that are to, to be used for different purposes and Drew Cooper runs accounting and Drew's a CPA and he's been with the city for 32 years so we're real fortunate to have um, Drew. Um, I have my CPA license too or certified public accountant uh, so I've um, had that accounting background as well and then we have one-third uh, certified public accountant in the finance department and that's Madison Tice. Uh, I like to describe Madison and Drew as um, Drew working on everything that's happening right now, like payroll and recording and reporting of everything that's happened in the past. So he does a lot of compliance and reports that are on our uh, website um, and takes care of the city's cash flow and the bank accounts. And I did mention payroll. That's a big part mm -hmm. of our budget since we do serve the people. We um, are mainly people you know, we're providing services, so we, we do have payroll. Um, Madison takes care of mostly things that go into the future. So any projections. Um, we talked about debt a little while ago, and the debt, some of our debt is only um, repaid by certain revenue sources like hospitality tax that we talked about or tax increment. And Madison works on the projections in the future, and some of those um, – Debt borrowings, also our budget, you know, how much is it going to cost to run the city this next year? What vehicles need to be replaced? Which ones can we hold on to another year? There are just so many different things that she takes care of. And then also purchasing and the warehouse where we um, keep all of our supplies. And we could have a whole podcast episode about the budget, but, <laughs> you know, the budget process isn't just a one month thing where city council has a couple of votes and, and we start it again. I mean, it really isn't a year long. We start in January trying to figure out what we're going to need for the next year. And then after the workshops and city council's approval, then Madison goes to work at um, putting that into a big document that's publicly available on the website so people can really dig in and see what we have. So um, just you guys have a lot going on. Yes, so it is good, but but we have, and the, there are two main reports, the budget that we put together, and that's really um, our direction from the city council that everybody's electing to say, this is what you're supposed to collect and spend this coming year, and then we have an independent CPA firm that comes in every year that um, audits our books and makes sure that everything that was spent was done in accordance with that budget. So Madison's over the budget side, and then Drew Cooper is over the audit side. And so they come in and make sure that that Drew reports that everything that the council authorized was done correctly. You truly, your department truly has a hand in so many other departments, I think more so than everyone else. Sometimes organizations and businesses can 
live in their own little silos, but you are forced to to make sure you don't have a silo, which is is really nice that you understand how everything works and that you're constantly communicating with everyone and uh, letting them know how those things work as well. Uh, what financial information is available to the public? Well, we have the independent audit report that's published every year, and we're getting ready to release our um, June 20 audit. Auditors are finishing that up now. And then Katie helps us on the website with posting monthly financial reports. Every month we um, produce a budget to actual figures for that month and year to date, and we post those on the website. Um, the budget process, we have a lot of public meetings for the bu- budget process that people can participate in. Um, we put out a budget at a glance during the budget process to, to let people know what people are talking about. And then we have dashboards on our website that that um, people can dive into if they want to look at. We go so far as to list out every accounts payable that the city does monthly on the website. We do. We do a, a list of checks that are written by the city that's on our website too. So if you, if you want details, I think their uh, cityofrockhill.com slash transparency is the place to go. If you're a math nut like Anne and really want to <laughs> dig into that, um, you know, I think that's the place to go. So, Anne, thank you so much again for your time today. We really learned a lot about government finance and the role it has in really every piece of what the city is doing. Um, we appreciate you being here. I also want to thank Evan Getz for co-hosting and welcome to the team, Evan. Thank you. And thank you, our audience, for listening. And one more time, if you liked what you heard today, be sure you subscribe and visit our website, cityofrockhill.com, for all things City of Rock Hill, South Carolina. We hope you have a great week.